A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Demand is looking good for dairy products, and the dairy margins are looking good for Wisconsin producers. But this is all subject to change, according to the experts. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Everag Principal Mike North tells us about how consumer demand plays a huge role in dairy's strength and how to protect yourself in case the strong demand story changes. Yeah, and if you look at the most recent retail data, um, even with strong support by retailers and you know ad features, we actually saw butter really start to decline in terms of retail demand. And, you know, we really, um, in the last couple of years, have driven demand of butter and fat out of the food service space back into the home. And retail has, has really grown a lot in that butter space. If you're seeing it decline in the retail space, and then you try to forecast what it's going to look like for food service, given $5 gasoline, you know, or even further west where it's up as high as $7. Or you talk about, you know, the lack of travel that may come as a consequence of that or, you know, people's general conservative pullback due to uncertainty about the future. You know, what will that look like on the food service side? You know, we, we don't know, but as, as, as we start to see butter in decline in retail, it does put some question around that strength of demand for butter. But um, cheese remains strong. Cheese demand has been very solid. Production has, you know, raced to keep up with it. And that's a really good story yet. And as we look at the world market, we're trading $3 butter, else, excuse me, cheese elsewhere in the world. We're trading two and a quarter cheese in the United States. And so even when you throw in the freight factor, which, you know, may be pushing 30 to 40 cents, we're still at about a 30 cent discount to the world market. Um, and that, frankly, is a good story uh, to be able to tell especially if we can get over all of the port issues and all the logistics headaches that we've dealt with over the last year and a half. Yeah, one of the biggest threats you point out, will consumers push back on price of dairy products if it gets too high, and when will that happen? Well, if you look historically, and we'll use cheese again as an example, when you start to get towards 230 to 240, consumers historically have not been willing to go beyond that. We're trading two and a quarter right now. So if history is a guide, it says we're getting close to that point where consumers start to push back. Um, you know, you look at butter, we're, we're still a little ways off there, especially when you go back six, seven years into some of those really strong butter markets. But um, all the way around, I, I think you have to still appreciate the fact that 80 to 85% of milk is still consumed in country. And even as we talk about some of these world price opportunities, the lion's share is still consumed at home. And the consumer is, by measure of all of these different indexes that we watch, uh, definitely concerned about the future and has a little bit of a sour posture. Uh, in fact, you look at the consumer sentiment reports of late, it's the lowest rating in 40 years. It doesn't paint the rosiest picture for where consumers are at. And if we know history has suggested that prices just north of us have pushed back on our market, then we should also be asking that question, are we close? Again, very difficult to answer 
especially in this inflationary environment where prices have been a runaway train on every front and people have become maybe more accepting to the idea that it just costs more and I'm not going to slow down. I'm just going to do what I've always done. Um, that complicates the, the, the forecast a little bit. But um, I think we definitely need to be paying attention here. And our message to producers has been be cautious, right? It's okay to be optimistic. I, you know, I, I called out the production story. That's supportive to markets. Um, but let's not forget the consumer in the equation because they are at the table too. And that um, part of it will definitely factor into prices as we go forward. You know, if you, if you look at a lot of the food service sector, if you look at a lot of, you know, the food supply chain, a lot of budgeting gets done in that October, November window for the prior year. And they try to keep those prices in play for the entire coming year. And so the luxury we had last year and all this big demand that we keep talking about from last year is that those prices were established back in the fall of 2020 under a much lower price regime. And now that we've rolled into a higher price environment, which was already in play last October, all of those budgets and all of those prices that came through the budgeting process are going to reflect higher costs to the consumer for the balance of this year. And so that's why we're continuing to ask that question as we get deeper into the calendar. Will these prices have any longevity? How big is the appetite for the producer or for the consumer? Will they, you know, beyond this first quarter, have the appetite to keep paying for it in the second quarter and then the third quarter and then the fourth quarter when it, quarter when it really matters and we're consuming a bunch of dairy products? Uh, that's going to be a big watch point. We speak with a cautionary tone here, uh, but we should celebrate some of the good news for producers. Right now, margins are best in history, and this is why we're making sure we're watching that closely. Right. So if we look at the what we call forward curve, so that's today's futures price plus all of the futures prices looking forward for a year. If we look at milk relative to feed cost, and there's variance from farm to farm given you know what their overhead is, debt structure, the whole kit and caboodle. When you look at that 12-month forward-looking profitability curve, it is, as you point out, the, the highest we've seen in history. And you know, it is something to celebrate. It's on the table. It's available to producers right now. And again, it varies from farm to farm. But there's some, some decent profitability in play, and that's definitely something to celebrate. We tell producers, alongside of that, though, make sure you're protecting that because, as we've watched so many times before, great profitability can go away in a hurry. And the kicker is, because of what it costs to produce milk, and that whole other separate set of circumstances that's driving our feed costs right now, when that turn, turns and milk prices drop against an elevated feed cost, you're going to need these profits to be able to manage through some of those more difficult times. And so absolutely celebrate what's going on right now, but don't get lost in the celebration. Keep eyes forward on what's ahead and manage through all of this to make sure the cash is there when there isn't much to celebrate. And be thinking about feed for the future. Reality is that if producers haven't been looking forward at 2023, even 2024, 
and in some cases beyond that, the time is now to start having those conversations. We already know a lot about Ukraine, right? We don't know everything there is to know. We don't know the absolute outcomes. But when you take a major supplier of feed out of the world market, somebody, just like we talked about with milk earlier, somebody has to fill that hole. That's an extra demand pull on the stuff we have in inventory right now and the stuff that we're going to grow in the coming season. And so as we talk about this, we're not out of the woods by harvest. This is a two-year issue, maybe three, maybe longer, depending on where we're at in the world by then. There has never been before so much geopolitical risk firmly and squarely in front of us. And if we don't address that and face the facts that these level of unknowns have been elevated, you know, we can get caught in our own mind loops of, you know, what we should expect and what's normal. Be looking forward, be looking a long ways forward and make sure that, again, some of this profitability that's in motion right now is secured to be able to handle those elevated costs. Everett Principal Mike North explaining the demand side of the dairy equation with us and how to mitigate any risk coming out of that. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.